You're listening to Genuine Chit Chat. This show is for real. Hello there, guys, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I'm joined by returning guest, Jared Speed. Now, if you haven't tuned in before, make sure you check out episode 104 of Genuine Chit Chat, because that's when I last had Jared on the show, and he spoke about his two businesses, Muscle Ape, as well as Limitless Float, and Limitless Float is with flotation tanks, so we speak about that in depth, about these pods that you go into, the salt water, and it closes, you're in darkness, and you float, some people meditate, some people use to sleep and things, it's really good for your muscles and joints and things, and me and Megan have done it a couple of times, so if you want to find out more information about float tanks, isolation tanks, you know, they're called a variety of things, Rogan talks about them quite a lot on things. If you want to hear more in-depth conversation about those things and my experience in those, make sure you check that episode out. But this week, we are talking about Gerard Speed's world record attempt, where he tried to climb up Mount Kilimanjaro to do an obstacle course at the summit. And he did it with a group of like 40 other people as well. And he just talks about his whole journey. And it's a really, really interesting journey. Uh, There's lots of lessons to be learned and things. And it's just, it was a really, really good conversation. So this release is part one of our chat. Part two will be out next week on this very feed. But if you can't wait that long and you want to support the show, go over to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat. For as little as one pound a month, you can listen to the whole full unsplit 90 minute conversation with myself and Jared. And also you are supporting the show and you get access to the audio feed, which has not only other unsplit episodes of genuine chit chat and things, but also me and Megan do an afterthought show at least once a week where we talk about movies or series. And I've done a couple of Star Wars book reviews and comic reviews and things like that on there so if you want to support the show early access to stuff and also hours and hours of additional content check out the link in the description so just before we get started a couple of bullet points of this part so jared talks about why he decided to climb mount kilimanjaro and also go through that world record attempt he also talks about some of the difficulties he went into as climbing the mountain as well as some of the issues that other people who joined him had and then part one kind of ends with jared talking about what he wants from the future and if you want to know about part two i'll be back at the end of this conversation to talk about what's coming up in part two the rest of the year and some of the other stuff i've got going on but always make sure you check out the show notes because i give plenty of information there and please consider consider you know rating on spotify you don't even need to write a review you just give it an amount of stars you think it is or you can review on good pods or podcast addict or apple Podcasts, or you can share on social media all those sorts of things and obviously links to jared's websites and social media is in the description as well so um if you could do all those things that would be awesome but i will not delay the conversation any further here is the conversation with jared speed about his climb up mount kilimanjaro and i'll be back at the end to give more information Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. Here we are for another conversation with Jared Speed. And this is the first in-person conversation I've had with someone, aside from with Megan, um, since COVID, the, the illustrious C word. So um, it's lovely to have you here once again. Actually, yeah. I came to you Good last see time. see you again. Yeah. I mean, I came to you last time and we had some snoring pugs in the background. So yep. this time we've got potentially a tortoise that's going to be making noises, but Fingers crossed they don't wake up and things. Um, but why don't you just remind people, I'll put links in the show notes and stuff, but why don't you just remind people um, of all the cool things you do. I'll tell them in the intro to check out the other podcasts we did, but the two other companies that you've got, or even more, and then we'll we'll go into one of the reasons that we're chatting today. Right. So I'm my full-time job, I'm a, basically an armed counter-terrorist officer mm-hmm. uh, with the MOD, uh, but I own two businesses. Uh, outside of that so one of them is muscle ape so muscle ape is a personal training boot camps and then the other side of it is sports massage which is something i'm qualified in um and then the other business i own is limitless float which is a flotation center um as it says self-described title but it's (laughs) um yeah that they're the two other things that i do outside of my main job, yeah. It's funny because the, the the two other businesses you've got, they're enough work to be, each one of them is almost enough to be its own job. Yeah. So you've each got the three jobs and you also ha- go off and do a lot of other crazy things. So the most recent <sighs> thing that you've done that was incredible um, was you attempted to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, which was, yeah. uh, you wanted to do that because when we last spoke, I think you told me about it off air. Um, but you tried to do a record attempt, but it didn't all go to plan. It didn't, no. So um, when you tell us, we'll, we'll get into the, the story of your journey and things, but when you tell us like uh, what the 
the record was for and what what kind of made you decide to do that so i so i hit the big 40 uh last year in september but this was on the run up so i thought to myself i'm i've got three wonderful daughters i've got an amazing girlfriend i've got a mortgage a job i've got all these things that a lot of pro- like a proper 40 year old <laughs> it would have and I just thought you know I really want an adventure but nothing where I can go traveling for a year Mm. so I thought right I need something I can just get away and do something and then as my phone as everyone's phone listens to him it must gone we have just the thing for you (laughs) and pump this advert for world's highest OCR so that's the company so they're on Instagram Facebook um and these so the guys that run it Dave and Rob amazing guys they were running this event, a world first to be, so you're ascending Kilimanjaro, which in itself, I can tell you now, is not easy, <laughs> which which you pretty much alluded to that it, it was a, a failed attempt. But once you got to the top of Kilimanjaro, you dropped into the volcanic crater at the top because uh, Kilimanjaro is a dormant volcano. Mm. And um, you go 100 meters down into the, crater of the volcano and i wanted to be part of um 42 people that were going to be guinness world record holders to do the highest obstacle course in the world so by that i mean cargo net balance beam warped wall like you see on ninja warrior they had all these cool things lined up monkey bars Mm. um and i wanted to go and do that i wanted to be i thought you know what well a guinness world record under my belt a mountain climb that's an adventure and it was at the time and 11 days away, I can fit that in. And yeah, it ended up being a lot more than that. Quarantine hotels. Yeah, it was, um, it, yeah, it was, it's definitely an adventure. Yeah. Was amazing. I met the best people. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in this WhatsApp group. Yeah. And the people in it, it's like a collection of, uh, for me, it's like they're my own little celebrities. Oh, wonderful. They're all amazing people. Like there's, I don't think there's anyone on that trip where I thought, you know, when you've got like a group of people, like there's the- One stinker. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And there's none. They're, they're, oh. they're, and that's amazing. Like to yeah. have that. It almost never happens. Yeah, it never happens. Of mine and there's oh, one in there that, as well. But not that. It's like, it's, it's amazing because they now pretty much all show up in my Insta and Facebook feeds. And I love liking their posts, not to just like their posts. They're all doing amazing. Every single one of them is doing amazing things. Yeah, yeah. And feel very quite privileged. If anything that I gained from that trip, that was probably the biggest takeaway that I've got. This amazing group of people that are very inspirational. A lot of them have got. There's only a few of us that didn't get the Guinness World Record, but even those, you know, it doesn't matter. All of them are just great. They're inspirational, and some of them just they didn't even stop. Like after Kilimanjaro, some of them are doing the spartan the ocr oh my lord a gogi so not even the bog standard spartan they're doing the ultra races oh my god you've got uh this uh there's a girl on there called yara on the trip and she was she goes and does the spartan agogis uh which is an invite only spartan event and they're crazy mm, yeah i've heard bits and pieces about spartan events and most of them were like oh yeah let's all meet in dubai and they were going and doing the agogi in the middle of the desert and watching these people do stuff and it's like wow like, and these are people i got to share that with yeah amazing people but yeah unfortunately a failed attempt on mm. my behalf so if we start sort of with the because i've obviously i've never climbed kilimanjaro <laughs> the, the only mountain i've ever climbed that isn't a hill is uh snowden so i've, I've climbed well, up so it's snowden. a mountain yeah yeah but exactly. it's a small mountain but it's, yeah, it's, yeah it's definitely it's what it's nothing like Mount kilimanjaro <laughs> which i think is like nineteen thousand feet or yeah. something similar and um i climbed snow i didn't get to the top because when i went um it started to rain and then the weather got so bad when we were at we weren't far we were at the sort of the last almost hurdle of it in a sense and it was snowing so heavily you just mm. couldn't see anything and it was and, yeah but that right can kill you right? yeah. oh yeah yeah 100%. and being in this country like you, you think there's nowhere i can go if i've got a jacket good pair of boots there's nowhere i can that's no that's wrong oh like, we had you, crampons we were wrapped all the way up and things and yeah. people were coming down so, and we were saying do you think we should go up and they were like do not go up there, go up it, there. we were scared to come down and there was only you know yeah. i think a few hundred meters from them at the top to where we were and they yeah. were like even that walk there was too much and that's yeah. 
so so much smaller scale comparatively. Mm. I told you you'd be able to hear the tortoise. Yeah, he's there, rattling around. Rattling around. I don't know if people who are listening will be able to hear, but we'll see. Um, so Mount Kilimanjaro, so it is in Tanzania. Um, yep, Tanzania. So when you walk us through, generally, so you get on a plane, go to Tanzania, after the isolation period and stuff, so you get out of that. What then happens? Because is there a Sherpa? Like What, what kind of happens once right. you are out of the isolation? So the Sherpas themselves on Everest mm. are uh, indigenous people. Okay. Yeah. So Sherpas are exclusive to the Himalayas, or, or, uh, or I believe, right. I believe, just Everest, maybe. Okay, yeah. There, uh, but with um, Kilimanjaro, you've got the porters. Mm. So these are the people, and that in themselves is a wonder to watch. So you've got these people. So you start off, and bear in mind the the bottom of Kilimanjaro. So just talking about them, yeah. Um, they are, they've got. Their backpacks on their back, which is a good 15 kilos. They've then got cooking oil, water, your bags, which are weighing like a good 20 kilos. So imagine a 20 kilo plate. Mm. Some of these people are balancing that on their head. Oh my Lord. And they're running up. And I'm, I'm not even kidding. These guys are legging it up the mountain because they've got to go and set your camp up before you get there. So we've got people in the group that are world record holders. And, um, that, I mean, there was a guy called Dave Ashley. He was, doing seven peaks and he had just come from Mount Elbrus in Russia. He's so you've got people like that that are on the mountain and they're going at a pace. I'm not catching up with them. There was four groups. So you had the cheetahs, the leopards, the lions, and then I was in the tembo, which right. was elephant group. <laughs> and that was in, well, put it this way on the way on the last leg of the journey, oh, God, that, they should have been the African giant snail. Cause that was <laughs> like me. I was just, but anyway, that's, I'll, I'll go into that in a bit, but you had, yeah, but you, so I'm sort of at the back, really confident first day on the mountain going up and you've got these people just legging it past you. And you're like, how are they doing this? Mm. This is insane. And that was at the easy bit. Yeah. But they're still doing that at, to the top. Oh, my God. And, I mean, again, not to skip, but uh, on the descent down, the people that were, because obviously there was obstacles mm-hmm. at the top, at the very top of a mountain. Were they already, were the top obstacles already placed there, or did the porters? Yeah, so them? the porters, are, they're, they're, I think it was the biggest employment of porters ever done on that mountain. Oh, wow. So it was almost like a world first. Yeah. We had the first female porters ever to go into the volcanic crater again i might have misspoke here i don't think i have that i think we they were the first female porters yeah to get go to the top and go in the crater yeah so that was the first which is amazing of course and um yeah and then so these they've set up the obstacles and then i'm coming down and a bit deflated bit defeated and it's hard enough walking down these people i'm not even kidding i've got this video on my phone where they're sliding in because it's all scree. Uh, so it's like basically gravel. Yeah. Your feet sink into it and you're going up. But yeah. like, these people are running down it. Yeah, and if everyone hasn't ran in like sand, because I've not quite the same thing, but if you go to sand dunes in like mm. anywhere in sand dunes, you try and run up a sand dune, that is an actual workout. That's like hard to do. Running up and down sand dunes, that's hard to do. And with that, um, like, the gravel's even heavier because there's like more rocks right, It's just like, so going up, I was just finding, again, it... It was, it, well, again, I don't know if you want it. Okay. You can You're spend, happy for me to flit around. Yeah, flit around, flit around, be a natural. Yeah, yeah. So the last leg, so this is like the point where I've nearly had to quit at this point. Yeah. On every step you took, I'd say every three steps was the equivalent of one because you're constantly sliding down. So if you stop oh. in that screen, you're sliding slowly back in oh till, till you're ankle deep in screen and Jeez. like like in gravel, like really fine gravel. And then you're having to pull your feet out and power them out and do like six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then you're like, oh my God, stop because you can't breathe. And then your feet are just sinking, but you're slowly sinking back from where you come from. And it was, it's so defeating. Yeah. And so a massive, so physically very unprepared, which so on, so first day I was fine. It got to the second day. I have to speak right here. So again, it's, it kind of blurs into one, course, but I can yeah. remember sort of, so we went to, we were heading to somewhere called the Lava Tower, the Bran- Branco camp. I'm sure it was, was day two. Mm. We're heading towards that. And I, I didn't feel right. So it got to the point I felt sick. I felt slow. 
And I just thought, oh, you know, I don't feel myself here. It's really weird. Mm. So we had a choice. They said, right, some of you, if you can keep up this pace. So we walked about 100 meters and I thought, I can't keep this pace. Mm. He said, if you want, we can go to Lava Tower. So loads of them said, yeah, I'll go. He said, or you can go straight to the camp. Mm. It's a slightly shorter route. And I just said, I don't know why. I just feel like I, I can't keep that pace. He said, well, go to the camps, fine. And so I said, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And I just, I felt weird. I felt sick and I was getting a headache, but only on the right hand side. So I had right. this headache around my eye, my right eye, the right side of my head, but like down the back of my neck, but only that side, not, not on the left. So I sort of thought to myself, oh, I just feel really weird, feel headache. And then they're like, the porters go, right, we've got to stop for lunch now. You have to eat. And that's the thing on that mountain. You've like, food isn't food, it's fuel. Mm. That was what they were telling me. But it was, um, it is like you, cause if you're not getting the calories in, then you, you, you're obviously burning off something like, I think it's like three or 4,000 calories a day. You're burning off. Mm, yeah. Because you're having to cope with the lack of oxygen and it's, they're like six to eight hour day, six, six hour days. So yeah, the right hand side of my head was hurting. I was feeling weird and it got to this point where I just completely slowed up. Like I just went from, keeping a fairly good pace then suddenly so we'd had an overnight at the camp amazing views freezing cold at night this weird didn't sleep amazing but was quite tired after the first day and was it sweltering in the day i assume as well well it's weird because the sun's out and you're very aware it's hot but you've got to keep layers on but like some like long sleeves on gloves because otherwise you're just gonna burn basically because right. of the, the intensity of the sun of course then um but it's also cold yeah so the sun's ready to burn you but it's still cold mm. so you know it's, it's fine like the, i didn't find the weather you know the weather didn't bother me at all out there to be yeah. fair it was, it was i thought it was quite nice but um yeah and then this this heading towards this branco camp on the second day was just i, I got into camp and it, it i remember it being dark and uh, Dave, uh, one of the organisers, was sort of walking in the camp. So, come on, let's walk in. So, he'd like, come out to collect me, sort of thing. With the, so, I'm at the back with the doctors and one of the porters. And as I get into the camp, I just projectile vomited. Oh, my God. Like, like I, you know, I'm talking like 10 feet. It's like, <laughs> like exorcist. World record for longest puke. Yeah, yeah. Longest puke up a mountain. I, I doubt that. I mean, I imagine a lot of people get sick up there. But this, I mean, this went 10 feet. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all, it was where everyone wants to hear is vomit stories. <laughs> so, um, and and then I just kept doing this for ages. But it was like, it was horrendous. And the pain in my head. And the doctors straight away come over and said, yeah, that's not from your stomach. That's because of your head. Mm. So we want to check you over. So he'd done the whole shining a torch in each of my eyes, but they kept paying attention to this right-hand side. Mm. And he said, yeah, your pupil's just fully dilated. It's like, it's not reacting to light. He yeah. said, where are you getting pain? I was like, yeah, getting down my neck. And they're having a chit-chat. And they said, we may have to take you down the mountain. Oh, well. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like, I've got a lot riding on this to be honest and they said no 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 you're getting swelling on your brain oh shit uh i can't remember there was a a term was um ams so it's acute mountain sickness okay but that can develop and kill you basically okay yeah so i sort of i'm devastated because i'm thinking oh my god what's going to happen and i spoke to dave and i said look i really don't want to go down there must be something they can do yeah he said, oh, so okay, we're sorting something out. We're going to talk with them, but your safety, like, and the, that was their big thing. They're like, you, you, you can't be egotistical about this. If the doctors say you're going down, there's no choice. You're going down the next day. Yeah. So I'm devastated because I'm thinking I'm going to go home. Like, like, I don't want, I don't want to do that. Like, yeah. I, I, I've got to get to the top of, you know, like, I've, I've, but at the same time, my head is killing me. So. The doctors get out the medical bag and they're like, right, this one's for your head. So this is going to stop the swelling. I can't remember. This is something, it was in the film Everest. I oh, forget. Okay. I should really know the name of the drugs. I was <laughs> it's okay. Um, uh, so yeah, they said, we're going to give this for your head. That'll stop the swelling. This one's for your stomach. This will stop you feeling sick. Uh, we're going to give you like, they give me like three shots. Yeah. And they said, and you know, you'll be fine. So I'm like, okay, brilliant. So it's a painkiller and anti-sickness. And an anti-swelling drug. Um, and they said, hopefully that'll be okay. And 
I was like, oh God, I really hope so. And I did sleep a lot better that night. Yeah. Because I'm guessing because of the painkiller shot. Yeah. And I woke up in the morning and I felt like, oh, I'm brand new. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> and, it was like, and then they said, so the doctor said, oh, we need to do a check. Okay. You Any pain in your head? No. Pupils are fine. Great. And they said, how do you feel? And I said, I actually feel like day one, like I'm ready to go. And they're like, oh, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, you can go. Like, I was like, yes. So I got all the old clear. So I'm thinking this is brilliant. So the first thing you do, they say, right, everyone, this is the Branco wall. Brilliant. And you look up at this very, this cliff face. Yeah. Uh, right. We're going up that. <laughs> and I thought, I thought this was just a walk. Like, yeah. like when you look at Kilimanjaro, I mean, if you look in detail, you'll see the Branco wall. Mm. But when you see the sort of, I've seen videos of it, there's some light scrambling. Yeah. I mean, this is like full on. There were people like you're, you're moving across some rock faces, which you're looking down and you think, if I fall here, I'm dead. Mm. And I, and there was a couple of the, uh, there was a couple of people there that were like, Oh my God, this is like, there's a, I mean, there's a girl Emma there and she was like, Oh my God, like this is, this is frightening. And it's like, and I was, I was loving it. I was, I'm not weirdly not frightened of it. Wasn't, it wasn't that sort of climb where yeah. you're like, it's not like cliffhanger where you're like, you're, doing an Alex Honnold and hanging on by your <laughs> fingertips and you know um so it's like a little bit of light scrambling I was really enjoying it and I got and then I got to the top and you're talking 400 meters up wow and I was like oh my god I'm knackered again and I'm not so the I, I was looking back on reflection for breakfast you were having pancakes like Trove Tuesday style pancakes yeah but they were stone cold oh and you had like the Philippine national race team there. There was loads of people that had done this sort of stuff before and they're filling them with peanut butter and jam and sprinkling sugar over the top. And I'm like, Oh, there's lemon juice here and sugar. And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, try it. And they're like, wow, this is, and I'm like, you know, had this. Like, I only found out recently, funnily enough, little tangent. That's a very British thing. Apparently across the world, people just don't really have lemon juice and uh, sugar. I saw yeah. like a little ask Reddit thread about, it. I was like, what yeah <laughs> that's, that's bizarre yeah, that's it so i was like oh try this now like oh that sounds disgusting i'm like you're eating them cold like you, you've gone past that point this like this is this is how you eat pancakes and they're like oh actually this is really good so that's like my probably only useful thing i put contribution to the group is like yeah lemon and sugar on pan <laughs> but they were stone cold pancakes there was ginger tea and like the thought of that just turns my stomach right now and it's like like so you'd get woken up in the morning with washy washy so that was your warm water to sort of clean your, yeah, keep your hygiene. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they were like green tea, uh, ginger tea. And you know, when you're just like, oh, coffee and cream, they're not, do- <laughs> they're not doing that. But like, yeah, but, I mean, you shouldn't be having coffee up there anyway, no. cause it's caffeine. And yeah. then there's the, it's a diuretic anyway. But ginger tea was to stop sickness and on actually made me sick, <laughs> you know, just like, oh God, the thought of it. And I could not eat. Yeah. And like it was instead of porridge, it was millet, and it was like millet. a it's like a really grainy version of porridge. It's, it was it was not good. Like yeah. it's it's mountain food up there. I mean, yeah. again, this is all fuel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the like there's people that were obviously experienced, and they're like just scoops of peanut butter and this millet and mixing it round, and because yeah. they're just packing calories in to get the energy. I couldn't eat breakfast. Like, and and this from someone I can eat. You know, back in the day, Jared the Buffet Slayer, it's like, I, I, I can eat, like, yeah. and I could not eat up there. Wow. I just And so I think I'd burn all my calories on the wall. from breakfast just going up the wall. And just and, quick, with the with the um, AMS, the acute mountain sickness, I had to write it down, um, yeah. do, do they know what caused that? Is that just something that happened? Yeah, it's just where you, where you go to altitude, your body yeah. can't get the oxygen in it needs. So, um, but at this point, we weren't even that, high up i guess but yeah. it was just your people's bodies react different yeah, yeah i think i mean again i might be misspeaking here victoria pendleton olympic cyclist she only got halfway up right. and got it and had to come back down because because her lungs work at 100 percent mm. efficiency at sea level yeah take her up you know ten thousand feet mm. she, her like her lungs can't work anymore yeah um and there's all these crazy things like um, people say, like, actually, if you want to go up mountains, you should smoke 10 a day. I think that's bollocks, personally. Yeah. Because it's like you're almost like you're mistreating your lungs and they'll right. 
again not, yeah, that, I don't like, think that's a very scientific no but theory. it's like it's like conditioning it's like you know as you you kind of eloquently put like if your lungs are perfect at sea level then they're not going to be perfect when you elevate yeah. and you lose a lot of oxygen because that's the main thing yeah. is the, th- the air uh, is thinner basically I mean you, you do acclimatise to that mountain I mean I, I guess like um, you hear of a lot of boxers and they go to Big Bear in California or mm. Colorado and they spend time altitude and then after like, I mean, I wanted to go out to Tanzania mm. three days early because I thought, well, if I go and acclimatize, you're not going to acclimatize in three days. It takes like at least two weeks, apparently. Yeah. So that wasn't going to happen. But yeah, no, I just was not acclimatized. I mean, we live at sea level here in Southampton. Yeah. Pretty much I live by the sea, so yeah. a river. So <laughs> I'm not, there's no elevator. I mean, probably 20 meters up <laughs> yeah. where I live on that hill. But it's, there's, um, yeah, we haven't, there's nothing really in this country you can do. Because mm. um, we've got the mountains, but you can't live up there. Like we were talking before recording about, like or at the start of the recording of Snowden, Snowden or yeah. Scaffold Pike or Ben Nevis, but them comparatively to, you know. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, it's, I can't, you can tell I'm not the mountaineer because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm waffling now, but like it, yeah, I mean, I just wasn't acclimatized to the mountain at all. Um, I'd, and I just, from there on, from day two going towards branco camp from there i just struggled right the whole time so it was the, and, foot the whole time yeah. yeah and i was getting into camp last like and i was going really slow and you are a fit person like you well in, you, was this a th- maybe this thing well, okay i would you are fitter than most even if like you may not be fit for for mountaineering what? yeah because not what, fit for what, mountaineering. <laughs> what was it you know you, you have to be physically fit for your your main job but plus also your personal training stuff and you so i'm things. strong yeah I'm very, like this is the thing like if you see some bloke walking around like with carpets under his arms. Yeah. I don't think I look like that, by the way. Just, <laughs> just like this sort of gym rat, yeah. as you would call it. Someone who's got like, they might be like your cardio fitness. I think my focus has changed. When I was 20, I just wanted to lift the biggest, heaviest things I could. Yeah. I wanted to look massive. Yeah. Like to me, that, that, that was fitness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I can't help. Look, so I'm six one, but I weigh about 21 stones, about 135 140 kilos roughly like I, I can like lift heavy weights fairly easy yeah i can also box and grapple quite well so i'm yeah. at that that like you know unfortunately it was i couldn't grapple my way or kick my way up the mountain. <laughs> it might, have been, it might mountain. have been okay <laughs> but even then like i can do it for a certain amount of time yeah. but and i'd be and technique would carry me through those things better than anyone mm. well most people but yeah no running rubbish um I was, I'd done some walks on the run up to that and mm. I didn't think I'd have a problem. Like me and, um, so I've got a friend of mine, Tom, um, the ex UFC fighter. Mm. He was doing a walk for charity doing the Great South Downs. It was, I think it was. It's along the coast and things. Yeah, so I'm trying to think how far it was. There was like a 50 miles or 60 miles, or well, you could do 100 miles. And he did that. And so we went out. And done a couple of night walks, yeah, a yeah. few night walks on the run up to this, thinking just getting used to having a head torch on your head because that's a weird thing having a head torch on mm. and using sticks. So it's oh, like yeah. using poles, getting used to my boots, just stuff like that. So we done a few of them, and off, and we on, on the first one we went, we went for quite a while, and we did like seven or eight miles or whatever it was, and I, was, I sort of felt feel good, yeah. like, and, but it's all at sea level, and honestly, that just the altitude stuff that and if you if you can prepare for it obviously you're going up a mountain and in my head like i was again probably all prepared because i knew or actually when you were talking to people and saying oh i'm going up kilimanjaro people go oh i've done that or oh i know my daughter's done that or so and then yeah you'll find it easy yeah no they've done that easy and uh, a couple of people like yeah 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 i didn't really do any training for it and in your head you're like it's building your confidence up yeah going oh well you know if they didn't train for it you know but then i'm and again, that is something I regret. I wish I'd have done a lot more walking. I wish I'd have gone to the mountains and gone up, used to walking up inclines. And yeah, I mean, again, hindsight's a great thing. But yeah, from from day, just day two, I struggled. And How I many days were you then total, sorry? Let me get this right. So it was five days to the summit and then it was another day down. So it's six days total. Okay, right. So yeah, day from day two to 
the summit night, I just struggled mm. completely. And it was, it was hellish. And I think I was just, there was a mental aspect from it. I kept thinking, think of your girls at home, think of your girlfriend, think of your personal training crowd, think of your clients that you train, think of all the people that have, cause I've done a lot of like fundraising for the event. Yeah. And I thought, you're going to let all these people down. Mm. And I've got a thing that I don't like failing at stuff anyway. Mm. Oh, well, everyone's got that really, haven't they? No one yeah. purposely yeah, you've goes You've got a out. proper drive. I mean, you are, you know, you've got your three things going on as well and all this sort of yeah, other stuff. And so it, you are especially a driven individual. Yeah. And to me, I just thought, if you don't do this, you're going to, you're going to, one, look stupid. Mm. And I didn't want to let anyone down. That was the yeah. thing. And I know it's one of those things people go, oh, and that pat on the head, oh, you, you know, you tried your best and... And it wasn't good enough. I just thought, right, just come on, just keep walking. All you got to do is put one foot in front of the other. Mm. It's hard. And then you think of all the people that are there and they're doing it for their own reasons. And I thought, come on, just push yourself. And that's what I did. I just kept pushing myself every day. But I would walk into the camp, always last. People were already sat down and maybe eating their dinner yeah. in the food tent. And I'm getting there and I'm just slump into the chair. And people are like, oh, people are, oh, you made it, great. And it's like, yeah, like thinking – just need to get another day over with, just need to get another day over with, if I can keep doing this consistently. And it got to that mm. last night. So you get to base camp and then you're going to do the summit. So that starts. So we got up at midnight and they were like, right, they're adamant. We're going to set off at 1am. We're going to summit and you're doing it. And it's freezing cold. Like the amount of layers you have to wear for that night. We're going to summit. You've got to be at the lip of the volcanic crater by 8 a.m. to descend down. Right. That's the last, like, that's the last train down. And, um, yeah, I didn't. So I think I stopped my summit attempt at 10 20 in the morning. Mm. So two hours, 20 minutes too late. And I think, again, was just pissing in the wind with this, walking up the screed and thinking, just keep going. And the guides will always lie to you. <laughs> very convincing how far just five minutes five minutes and you're like okay and i could see like again this isn't like a straight because i was 20 meters away from the summit so technically the head guide musa was like you you did summit and i said to him like he said don't worry i'll make sure you get a certificate and i'm like i don't want a certificate i've not got yeah to even uh stellar point yeah which is the top of the mountain but you've got to walk around the rim of the volcano Mm and ascend just a tiny bit more. But once you get to that lip, it's like a walk Yeah. Uh, to get to uh, Huru Peak, which is the true summit top of the mountain. And um, yeah, Musa said, yeah, you, you have summited. And it was 20 meters in elevation down. But to me, that's not, unless you're at the top, like yeah. you've not reached that point. And I just, yeah. And it was, so it was big for me, like so close, but really so far, like even though it's 20 more, meters it wasn't like people go what was 20 more you couldn't go up 20 meters it's like no it was another 40 minutes past that yeah because you're sort of going up and down and across and round and up yeah isn't it's not like some no it's not steps. 20, it's it's not 20, 20 meters. meters of steps that yeah. i can just plod <laughs> exactly, up it was no. another 40 minutes and i saw cheyenne and emily so they were coming back down so they were part of our group and they're like, oh my god you're still going as if to say like and they'd already been in the crater and done right. their record attempt and they're now coming down right i see and I said, oh, yeah, I'm still going. And they said, I said, look, be honest. How far is it? Because I know the porter's yeah. <laughs> talking shit. But that he was, um, and I said, how far is it? And she, they said, 40 minutes an hour. Hmm. And that is it. I just inside the snap. I'm just like, I can't go on. Hmm. I then my, my guide was then going, come on, come on. We need to go. And one of the doctors was there. And anyway, I took a piss and it was like probably one shade of, less dark than guinness it was <laughs> oh my god i'd run out of water at this point right my yeah. kidneys were killing me mm. my head was thumping i'm like everything's just like everything i want to be not right was was, was gone yeah. so i'm just and they're like and my guy's like he had, he was then giving me some of his water but then he's got this like flask of red bull right. like syrup like watered down yeah red bull mix and he's like oh have some of this i'm like oh i can't drink that it's like no, that's something I probably don't need. And it's just like, you've run out of water now. And then in the end, they basically convinced me and said, look, people dive up here for less, you know, yeah. like you, that's it. It's done. And there was just, I had no more. My legs want, they weren't going to work anymore. There's just nothing. And I was just, that was it. I had to call it a day. Mm-hmm. And 
So I took my picture with my banner with my sponsors on. Yeah. Um, recorded a message because my big thing, like, even if I didn't get the record attempt, it was my daughter's 13th birthday while I was away. Wanted to record a birthday message going, hey, I'm at the top of the mountain. Happy birthday. I had on me some pictures that my uh, three and four-year-old had drawn me mm. of daddy up the top of a mountain. Yeah. Wanted to take pictures and go, look, daddy's at the top where you drew him. And I think for me, that was now, yeah, I mean, I knew that at the time, I think. It didn't, I walked down the mountain a bit and that was the thing that cut me up. The, the most mm. is I've let like I'm meant to be the example yeah and I'm not mm. now and I gave it a good crack but it's like patting a kid on the head for coming seventh at sports day <laughs> and going well done you you know yeah. like and I know some people are, oh you're beating yourself up a bit about it but mm. if I'd have just trained that bit more if I'd have done all again all these hindsight things or things that I should know I should have I should have just done more mm. got gone in over prepared and I just didn't and yeah and that's what and that's the big lessons I've now taken away from that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm in many ways, I wish I had done it, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but the lessons I've learned are good ones. Yeah. But it's a very expensive and <laughs> time-consuming and mental and physical drag on me that's taken it. But, yeah, and it's wow. sort of made me, it made me shift a lot of focus on things. I, right, I need to do this better and that better. And yeah. Um, Alvin, just um, I hope this question isn't going to feel like I'm twisting the knife. But were you the only person who didn't make it, or were there other? No. People? So there was. Um, she said there's like 42 people or so. 42 people, I believe. Only Dan from Florida and um, oh, um, Phil, who's a UK mm. guy. Yeah. It was me, Phil, and Dan didn't get to Uhuru Peak. Right. So I believe. Dan had turned around, maybe it's, I can't remember if he went down before me, but I mean, this guy's nose was bleeding. Oh my God. He was, I mean, fucked. He yeah. needed to get down. Yeah. And then Phil, bless him, was being carried down by porters and it turned out, I mean, bear in mind your oxygen, if you were below 94% saturation, yeah. they put the old pulse pulsometer on your fingers, see the ambulance crews do it. Yeah. Anything below 94 would be a concern. Yeah. They'd probably put low flow oxygen on you. Anything below that, you're probably going to go to hospital. Mm. Phil was on 20%. Oh my God. Had got up there. So he technically should have been dead. Jesus. <laughs> and is he, he okay and, now? Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Well, that's yeah. good. Met him, I met him at the ward. So yeah, he did make it down. But yeah, no, he got like rushed down. Mm. Yeah. And it wasn't the, the breathing wasn't a problem. Like it wasn't like I can't <gasps> bring the oxygen in. It was just, like I said, it was just my body had just given up at this point. Yeah. So physically just done. And then I think hearing Emily and Cheyenne go, yeah, you got an hour more. I thought, Oh my God. Like there's not, I thought it was like 10 minutes away. Like yeah. to at least claim Stella point and then to go around to the peak maybe, but you know, it just didn't happen. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's three of us that didn't make a Huru Peak, but then there was quite a few more of us that didn't get the record attempt. So you got these lovely American girls who were on the trip, Amy and Bethany. Uh, so they're called the Summit Sisters. Okay. So um, Bethany and Amy went to a Huru Peak, hmm. but didn't get in the crate to do their record attempt. Right, I see. Yeah, and then it was, so it was. I'm really trying to rack my brain because we were at an awards thing in November for people to get their Guinness World Records. Yeah. And there was, I'm sure it was us four. I don't know if there's another one. It might have just been us four that didn't. And Dan, but obviously he wasn't there. He was in Florida. But I'm sure it was just us that didn't get in the crater to right. do. Everyone else, I think, made it to the crater. Right. So you're talking probably, yeah, 38 people did. Yeah get that so and did they um did any of them who did the optical course were they all fine afterwards or? no so there's a, a guy uh you have to look him up jason floyd and he's uh absolute dreamboat of a boy yeah he looks like uh he won't mind me saying this but he does look like a pound shop zach efron <laughs> dreamy i mean to be fair i mean a uh, pound shop zach efron is probably still 20 times more attractive than i am yeah so yeah i mean yeah then any zach of zach efron's like megan's then number one crush hope to be yeah exactly. i mean yeah he had to be carried down and i mean this guy is like does modeling yeah he's he runs he's like a podium finisher on these like ocr races right 
he's like a, he's got you know very big following because of his fitness like and obviously his dreaminess <laughs> but um he uh he uh <laughs> I, i'm joking I, I do a lot of um love for jason but uh, he's um yeah he had to be carried down into the crater and he was a mess mm. i mean this is a guy who's ultra fit yeah and yeah i mean it affected you know i think some people were tired as some people completely acclimatized like uh for example on this trip was um like I said, you had this guy, Dave, who's now in our... Well, no, he's down from the mountain now. He went to Antarctica. Oh, wow. And climbed... Oh, God, I'm such a mountain illiterate. But he climbed the highest peak in Antarctica. I didn't even know there were peaks in Antarctica. Yeah, so. yeah like most people. I mean, you, I mean, to get out there itself is some oh, crazy trip where weeks you... weeks and weeks you, on a boat, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. He, I mean, the they went... Man. I think, did he... Megan's got a postcard from Antarctica because one of her friends has travelled around the world. Right. And so she's got one postcard from there. And he said it took him weeks on a boat to get there. And it costs, I think, tens of thousands of pounds to do it. I mean, this, so, uh, and again, this is the incredible story. This this guy, Dave, is a living kidney donor. Okay. So he donated a kidney to a friend. Yeah, so he's only got one as well. One kidney. And like, he's, he's, so again, like... (laughs) And he, he's climbing all these peaks in the world. And he'd been to Elbrus in Russia. And he said, oh, that's good. but And because I'll be in the t- same time zone for Tanzania. Okay. So that worked out great. <laughs> and so he's come, he's flown from there, then come down, gone up Kilimanjaro, done that, got his Guinness World Record. And then I guess he had a little break. <laughs> and then he went to Antarctica, climbed the peak there. And then just on his way back, you know, went to Argentina and climbed... Uh, begins with an A. Oh, I've been following it, <laughs> and he and he's climbed that up there, and he's in the death zone. Like that's you know this is a really high peak, and he's yeah. just he's just climbing mountains all all the time. This guy, and it, but he's called Adventure Kidney. Yeah, but just that's worth going to look at what he's doing because he's, yeah. he's an incredible guy. And, and again, this was one of many people I'm up there with, and you had um, uh, Christina, uh, who again is world champion runner she's got the fastest time from the Maweka gate mm. at the bottom which is what you go down to from millennium base camp you go there and you you're descended yeah you then get on buses and go she ra- ran not again not walk ran from there to the top in six hours and 52 minutes and sorry is this the place where it took you five days to get yes, up yes yes so she did that in what? six hours and 52 minutes. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's what I can't just say. But she, so she's got the fastest recorded time of getting to the top. And again, like you're, this is part of my little WhatsApp group now. Yeah. So like I said, I'm like a, like a little hanger on to the celebrities. <laughs> this makes it sound bad, but I always, like, this is how I feel for certain people sometimes where it's almost like you're the, you're incredibly fit in that you've achieved so many great things, but you're almost the mutt of the group because the oh, rest completely. of so, Mule. so oh, top tier. <laughs> like, and it's, yeah, and it's, and again, it, they're, they're all such lovely people. There's no ego of any of them. They're all like, want to talk to you. They all want to, they're really interested in you, but yeah. they're really interested themselves. So you're bouncing off these people and yeah, just like I said, just all of them are incredible. Mm. But then, so to top that off, so this is again, the fitness level you had. So when they got to the top, that then become part of not the world's highest obstacle, but also the altitude world racing championships. So people now have run from the crater at the top down to the base camp. Right. That's a timed event now. So these people run in, well, what, five or seven K back yeah. to base camp. Then they're running from there to Millennium Base Camp. That's another leg of the race. And then the next day they're running from uh, Millennium Base Camp to Maweka Gate mm. as part of these Altitude World Championships. So you've got people running, sprinting down the mountain. Oh, my Lord. So Christina, one of them people there, had run up the mountain, but she'd also was now part of the race running down. And you had the Filipino team who were like really great. Like, yeah, they just and so incredible. Well, from the, the point where, and I'll, I'll get you, I saw on uh, social media and I'll link to all that because people need to see these things. And I'll get you to uh, send me a photo or two and I'll, um, I'll pop that on the, the YouTube thumbnail on the, uh, when I do the snippet and stuff. But like when, when you're like, okay, I need to go back essentially. What so from you going back? Did you did your body find the reserve, or was that a proper struggle from I mean, there? Luckily, gravity helps you down. But I assume the oxygen, you're still sinking. 
Okay, right. So there was still, and then my guide saying, right, tip your toes up and just go down with your heels. Well, try running along anything with just your heels. I mean, it's just, it's just nuts. Mm. And luckily I had my poles, because if I didn't have had them, I'd have, the amount of times I'd have just tumbled down the hill sort of thing, <laughs> yeah. but or slipped or whatever. And it's just mad. So now this is all going downhill. So this is thump, thump, thump on the knees. Yeah. Constantly, because like I said, I'm not light. Yeah. I'm in a block 21 stone, thumping my way down. And it's, yeah, it's just, I got back to the camp and everyone's like, oh, how'd you get on? And I'm like, yeah, I didn't yeah. get to top. So you're sort of getting the old sympathy. Oh, like, yeah. oh, that's a shame. And yeah. And then everyone's set off running. They're like, come on, we got to go. So I was one of the last people to then set off mm-hmm. to go down to Millennium Camp. And I'm with my guide. And we lost because we're now going downhill. But the further I go down, I'm actually coming a little bit back to life. But I'm still just on this autopilot, like just trudging along. Because mm-hmm. you can't, if you stop, like it's not. Yeah. We'll wait for a bus or hopefully someone will give me a lift. And they keep pointing to there's these, um, it's a mix of a wheelbarrow and a supermarket trolley. So it's like a supermarket trolley, like a long cage. Yeah. Like you get a B&Q, it's like yeah. a wheelbarrow of the mesh. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, we can always run you down in one of them. And I'm like, no, I'd rather be dead. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's no way you're wheeling me down in these horror, like, but people do, they get run down in the mountain. Cause obviously if people are really sick, they oh, got to yeah. get down. And well, these porters will yeah. quite happily run. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, my porter kept going, do you want to get in that? And I'm like, well, only if I can jump out right at the end. He went, no, 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 no. Like, and I was like, no, it's all right. <laughs> And so, yeah, just, and it was that realization coming down to Millennium Camp that I didn't achieve what I'd set out to do. And mm. in my head, I'm like, what am I going to tell people? Because obviously, I've got a, a couple of days now. So I've got that day and then the next day. So it's, so like the next day, like afternoon, I'm going to be telling people didn't do it. Mm. So I'm like, sort of dealing with that. And people are in the tent and they're related because they're going to have two Guinness World Records under their belt. Um, they've climbed a mountain. And I didn't do it. Mm. So they're all over the moon and they're they're just, I mean, they must have felt amazing. must have been great. And I'm like there, sort of, oh God, you know, didn't do it. And thinking of all those things, I've got people Mm. to tell I didn't, couldn't do it. And Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. I mean, obviously it's a shame, but I I think in some ways it's probably good. I know it doesn't sound good, but like if you had have either pushed yourself or maybe say, this is me trying to be optimistic, but in a sense of like, say you did do the training and you really managed to do altitude training, all that sort of stuff. You pushed yourself. Maybe you got there the three days early and somehow that did help. If you'd have got to the obstacle course and pushed yourself at the obstacle course and gone too far, you could have ended up like Dave or Phil or even had some sort of horrible other thing potentially happen, which I suppose it's not what you want to hear when you've not succeeded in something you've set out to do. But I suppose the silver lining is at least something really bad didn't happen. You didn't force yourself to go up there and then like collapse at the top or something. I mean, but- luckily coming down, I, I stopped and I had to stop because, and this is, I'm not, I'm probably halfway back to the base camp. Yeah. I, my legs were just going. My kidneys were like literally just, one of them felt like I just had the biggest kidney punches going. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I can't, and I'm just like, and guides were coming by and, my my guide was going, have you got any water? Have you got any water? And they're like, no, no. Mm. And then luckily the Summit sisters, Amy and Bethany, come around the corner. They're like, hey. Like, and I'm like, hey. And they're like, oh, like, oh, and I'm like, oh, I didn't make it. I'm like, and the first thing I was like, have you got any water? Have you, please, have you got any water? And they're like, Amy's like, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, can I, ha- can I have some? And then she's like, yeah. <laughs> so she's like, yeah, drink as much as you want. So I'm like, as, and as I'm drinking this, I can like feel the pain in my kidneys going. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh God, like as I'm drinking this water and I'm like, and then it's again, like I had a, a bit of an emotional moment because yeah. they were like, oh, you know, you did great. And then I sort of physically said it out loud where I went, all I wanted to do was film a video for my daughter yeah. and then for my and that really, like, when I said it out loud, I was like, oh, my God, like... Yeah. And that was really when the failure had hit. Mm. I mean, bear in mind, you don't have to worry about talking to it. I have made my peace, and even for a secret Santa, someone got me a book of how to climb Kilimanjaro. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Deep no, cuts there. Yeah, no, but if, if you know my family, you've got to be able to take that sort yeah. of ribbon. My family are the exact same. Brutal. Yeah, it, it's brutal. one of those things where um, I think you and I are in a similar boat where it's like trying to actually offend me 
it, apart from you know, insulting someone I care about or something, but actually, <laughs> if you were trying to offend me, you can cough, you can cough as loud as you want. Sorry, it's not COVID related, I promise. <laughs> um, it's, um, if you, if you tried to offend me, you, you could insult any part of me. I, I, you know, I was bullied a bit when I was a kid and then my brothers, are, you know, are 17 and 20 years older than me. So they were giving me shit my entire life. Yeah. I've got a stepbrother, um, and he's a couple years older than me. He gives me shit for everything we give it. So it's like, I understand that level of sort of banter and I, I can take it as well. And I know for an absolute fact, if that happened with me, that is exactly what I do. One of my mates literally constantly, whenever I talk about the podcast and, you know, I've been in a few podcast charts were really cool and spoke to some cool people. And he still, to this day, been in it for over four and a half years. He still says, yeah, but only mums still listen to your podcast. And I was like, I don't think any mums have ever listened to my podcast. My own mum doesn't listen. And he's like, yeah, no, listen to your podcast. That's just your mum going on it and refreshing, making loads of fake accounts. And it's that sort of stuff. Yeah. So that, I'm, I'm glad that obviously with these sort of scenarios, you can laugh. Obviously it is a disappointment uh, in that regard. But I suppose now that you're on the other side, although there is the element that you you didn't succeed, you've obviously met all these amazing people, and you did climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Like, yeah, I mean, look, look. When I look at, um, it's quite funny because you can look at these like maps, yeah, of, and you can like when you think of the meter, like on some of the maps, well, if they're small enough on my phone, it's like a pixel yeah. of me not climbing it, like yeah. you know, like yeah. it's such a small distance. So, like, people are like, yeah, but if you think about it as a whole, you have climbed that mountain. You yeah. just didn't stand at the very top, but you were at the top of the mountain. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, again, it's it, uh, – I hate people that try and no, – sure, no. no, sorry. You can <laughs> say what you want. People, no, I don't hate people that – but, like, I don't like saying to people, like, there's encouragement going, look, you did really well, yeah. but you didn't do it. That's more realistic than going, you did do it. You did. It's like, no, I really didn't. Because I know if I'd have stood at the top, it would have been a lot more yeah. of an achievement. But, and I know why people do it. Because they're like, oh, come on. You'd like cheer up sort of thing. I've made my piece of it. It's fine. Oh, yeah. I didn't do it. And like I said, I think if I hadn't have done that, maybe I wouldn't be as motivated now to do the things I'm like, little, little things that I've got in the pipeline. Maybe I wouldn't have, or maybe I'd have done it. And gone, well, at least I've done that. I don't have to ever do anything like that again. Next adventure. Yeah. You know, like I think yeah. it's given me a focus. Like, um, so it's kind of to do with Muscle Ape. We've, I've created a group called the Mud Apes. And the Mud Apes is going to be an obstacle course race, racing team. Yeah. Oh, so cool. we're going to Tough Mud. Like this year, we're going to um, Rat Race. We're going to the Nuts Challenge. We're going to Tough Mudder. We're going to Spartan. We're going to Wolf Run Nuclear Race. So we've got six races planned. Nice. As that develops, that is something that's going to be more, right, there's a Spartan event in Iceland or mm. there's a run. There was a race that I saw it was going to be in Croatia, Rat, rat, rat Race, mm. do races across frozen lakes in Mongolia. Now, obviously not yet, but I want to go and take that team mm. Uh to do some of these things mm. so it's like my little group of adventurers yeah and um you know and then i want to eventually say right like the end game for it might be that right we're going to go to kilimanjaro obviously not to get a the guinness world record that's been and gone yeah that's passed me by and again i made my piece with that and i'm really happy the people that got it yeah to be part of that was amazing just yeah. didn't get mine that's mm. fine but I want to go back to that mountain and something I realized that even if you were to get to the top really easy, you never like people go like people were encouraging me by going, go and smash that mountain. Like, no, you're just that you're inconsequential to that mountain being there. Yeah. You're a visitor. Yeah. You're not going to stand at the top you're forever. Of it. Compared to it. Even, yeah. even then. You're like, nothing. You're like, that mountain is going to be there till the earth blows yeah, up. You, you could know? spend your life with a pickaxe trying to take down the mountain and you would die and the mountain <laughs> wouldn't notice. Yeah. It wouldn't. You'd know, yeah. You're just so insignificant to that mountain being there. So you are just passing by. You're a visitor. And like I said, that until the sun explodes and this planet goes, that yeah. mountain's going to be there forever. Yeah. So you visit and then people saying, look, you don't smash it. You, you visit, you go. <laughs> and, you know, like I want to go back and be another visitor, but I want to go to the top this time. Yeah. Like, so when that'll be, I don't know. Probably after the long time I've spent away this time. Yeah. Um, not, not, not going to be too soon, but maybe like 2025, I'd like to build up to that. There's a few other mountains I want to go and do like to black. Mm. 
in Morocco in the Atlas Mountains and I want to go and do Mount Fuji in Japan because mm. but all of these little mountain trips will fit in nicely with family holidays to these countries. So, yeah, yeah. So that because that was another big takeaway was I've got two very young children at home, a 13-year-old whose birthday I missed to go and do this and that again made it more mm. bitter for me that yeah, I couldn't have said, well, you know that when Tom was away, at least I'd done this. And, yeah. But um, the big thing with that was and that's the end of part one thanks as always for tuning in guys as i said in the intro part two will be out next week but if you can't wait that long and if you want to contribute to the show please go over to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat where you get the full unsplit episode of this as well as loads of episodes of afterthoughts there's like hours and hours of additional content on there as well as lots of other bonus things as well so if you could do that it would mean the absolute world to me otherwise you can rate and review on like good pods apple podcasts those sort of places or share with your friends any of those things would be incredibly appreciated so what we've got coming up in part two so obviously after this conversation you found out that jared did not succeed in his world record attempt but he's learned a lot of lessons from that and we basically just talk about what he's learned we talk about what it means from going forward uh, we also compare it like how he's interpreted this journey to sort of video games and movies and things he also talks about some of the other people who climbed mount kilimanjaro who've like inspired him in things including like ultra marathon runners and philanthropists and other incredible people and then the conversation comes to an end when jared talks about his sort of mindset going forward utilizing the japanese term kaizen as well as some of the wim hof influences with breathing techniques and a lot of other things there so part one was the journey and part two is kind of like the epilogue on what he's learning going forward which i think part two is equally as important and it is incredibly inspiring hearing his more positive outlook on these things so um can't wait for you guys to tune into part two next week but if you can't wait that long and if you haven't already listened to it obviously make sure you check out episode 104 with gerald speed because it was a really really good conversation so aside from that and telling you guys to you know follow Jared on social media and check out his websites and etc what have we got coming up so next week obviously is going to be part two and on my patreon I'll be releasing another episode of afterthoughts because whenever I release part one and two on this feed when part one drops here I release both parts on my patreon and then when part two drops on this feed then an extra bonus episode of afterthoughts goes on to patreon so if you're worried about supporting me on the show and then on Sundays having nothing to listen to fear not you will always have additional things to listen to on that Sunday but going forward I've got an episode recording due next week with chris brayton of the i like to like things podcast i suspect that's gonna be a long one he's gonna be talking about his weight loss journey where he lost hundreds of pounds and it is just it's incredible honestly it's so inspiring so lots of inspirational things to kick off 2022 um after that i've got conversations due with a couple of authors that i've not had on the show before so i'll wait until i've recorded the conversation with those before talking about who they are i've also got a gentleman named brad sugars who should be returning on the show in sort of february time and uh yeah i had him on the show i, I don't know I think it's about two years ago now he's a very successful entrepreneur and businessman so looking forward to having another conversation with him there um i've got a few other things in the pipeline and stuff but i'm not going to really delve into those until i've got either more concrete dates or other stuff like that but for the time being conversation with chris brayton and some of the other stuff i've got lined up should be sufficient i, I have got a conversation hopefully due with uh, someone who's one of the writers for certain video games which i'm very excited about and they seem very keen but uh i'll go into that when i've got that recording under my belt within the next couple months but aside from that guys you know i've already waffled on about patreon and all the other stuff so the only other thing really is to make sure you check out the show notes uh, i often get comments saying how in-depth my show notes are and i do make an effort for them to be so because i include my recent guest spots on there so if you want to hear even more of my voice and you're up to date with genuine chit chat you can hear my 20 minute conversation on the beer nuts production podcast you can hear me on the talking dad podcast you can hear me on the hall of mirrors podcast and if you want to hear loads of star wars stuff i've been on the star wars timeline youtube show four times so link to the most recent three of those are in the description as well and also if you want even more star wars you can check out my other show star wars comics in canon but i will also say that if you go over to my youtube channel uh, which a link to that is in the description it's just genuine chit chat uh, please subscribe if you can because once we get past 100 subscribers i can change the channel link uh, which is something i've been wanting to do for a while uh, annoyingly obviously loads of you listen on the podcast apps and things on spotify and the other various places that people listen to my show and i get quite a lot of traffic on my website but it's just youtube because it is primarily a video medium and a lot of my conversations don't have video that not a lot of people are subscribed on there which is completely fine i understand if you do have a youtube account and you are listening right now please go over there and subscribe just so i can get those numbers up 
But regarding Star Wars comics and canon, so I release episodes of Genuine Chit Chat on my YouTube channel, as well as video versions of a lot of the conversations. This one, not specifically because me and Jared did it in person, I didn't want to record video for that. But if you want some video conversations on there, some of the collaborations I've done are on there. But also all my episodes of Star Wars comics and canon are on my YouTube channel. But also I put things into playlists. So if you like world and exploration and those sort of conversations, similar to like this one with Jared Speed, there's a playlist for that. If you want to just hear science conversations or ones just about movies or that sort of stuff, or just ones about Star Wars, that aren't in my Star Wars show, then you know there's loads of ways to listen and check out those playlists and stuff. But yeah, that's my Star Wars show, Star Wars Comics in Canon. It airs on the feed of Comics in Motion on podcast players or on my YouTube channel, as I just alluded to. And if you've never read a Star Wars comic in your life, or if you've read every Star Wars comic, there's a real reason to check it out. If you like the Star Wars movies, then that's a reason enough to check into my show, uh, because I go through the plot details of the comics I tackle, so you don't have to read them. But if you have already read them, then not only do you get a nice refresher, but I also talk about the many connections to other content including certain species involved planets uh, events that occur like co- concurrently sort of in the issues i'm tackling as well as other ones the most recent stuff i've been doing is some high republic things so it's a really good way to get into the high republic era without having to fork out loads of money for all the books and all the comics and etc or if you've already done, done all those things it's sometimes good to get a refresher rather than have to read all those things and see some of the stuff that you may have missed but link to that's in the description as well and uh, yeah as i said a minute ago you know check out the show notes but that's going to be it from me guys thank you so much for listening as always especially up to this end part where i just ramble like a madman and uh, yeah please consider checking out my patreon please check out my other appearances on other people's shows rate review subscribe share with your friends subscribe on youtube do all those lovely things and i would appreciate them greatly Uh, but that's it from me guys thank you as always and i'll talk to you guys next week with part two with my conversation with jared speed you have just experienced host creator everything else of genuine chit chat and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.